0: I do love teaching. I love it so much. I feel like I am doing what I was put on this planet to do. Like, it makes me so happy. (laughs) Fruition. The point at which a plan or project is realized. Obtainment of anything desired. Realization. Accomplishment. My name is Danielle Washington. People usually call me Danny. I am 28 years old. I am originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I'm currently living in Santiago de Queretaro, Mexico, and I am in English as a second language teacher. Being creative is just being presented with some material, putting your own floor on it, just making it your own. Oh, that's a good question. I'll probably call it like bilingual dreams or something like that. My life exists in two languages right now. (laughs) Um, Half the time I speak English, half the time I speak Spanish. And I'm kind of in a place that I never really thought I would get to. It's Always something that I wanted to do. So seeing it actually happen is kind of like a little sobering sometimes. The hardest lesson I have learned so far is just not to take things too personally. We've all got things going on in our lives. We've all got our own challenges, our own biases. And I have to recognize that sometimes when people say or do certain things, it's not really about me specifically. It's just more about what's going on with them. I only have control over myself and what I do, and not necessarily what other people do. And that's something that I really, really had to use living in another country, as well as being an English language teacher, because I meet a lot of different people, and they have a lot of different thoughts, a lot of different opinions about things, and a lot of different backgrounds, and I kind of have to take that into account any time that I am interacting with someone, and even, like, personally back home. Ooh. (laughs) I don't know how to answer this at all. I consider myself to be a really optimistic person. I try to see the best in a lot of situations, even if it kind of like, if it sucks. (laughs) I'm also kind of funny, I guess. Well, I guess my friends would say that probably. As a young kid, like I grew up obviously in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, my mom and dad, my older sister. I had like a really great family life. We didn't really want for anything. Our parents always took care of us. They always made sure that we had everything that we need. We were surrounded with like a lot of love and a lot of positivity. I had like a really big family. I have a lot of like positive memories just growing up in Milwaukee and being with my friends. But I did get bullied a lot when I was a kid just because I kind of wasn't really like other kids. Like, I don't know. I guess I just I didn't have the same interests as other kids. I always would play like a lot of video games. I watched a lot of cartoons. And I guess I just didn't express myself in a way that a lot of kids expected me to. That really negatively affected me. But as I got older, I just started to realize, again, not to take things too personally, and that it wasn't really about me and I only have control over myself. I can only make myself happy. So I would definitely say that really shaped me into who I am now, just focusing on myself and not really worrying about what other people want me to be. But even still, like growing up, I always had an interest in exploring and seeing the world, traveling learning a lot about the world, meeting a lot of new people. Um, yeah, I just had a lot of aspirations as a kid. And I just knew that I wanted to see things outside of Milwaukee. It's been really difficult because there's, there's so much going on with the pandemic, the police brutality, and it's kind of hard to witness your country in shambles, but not be in your country. Like it's weird. And there's a lot of times where I feel like I'm in a bubble where I'm not really around people that kind of understand the things that I'm thinking or the things that I'm feeling, which obviously so, because the social and political climate might be a little bit different. Again, people just have like a different bias or different background. But honestly, I've just been maintaining my peace by spending a lot of time with my fiance, spending a lot of time with like his family talking to like a lot of friends, both back home and here, just making sure that I'm expressing myself and doing things that don't have anything to do with that situation. Just removing myself from all of that, because it is healthy to talk about these things that are, you know, that are hurtful and that are painful, especially with the black community. But it's also really unhelpful and unhealthy to stay in that. So I try to make sure that I unplug sometimes, separate myself, read a book, drink some tea, for a walk, exercise, play with my, like, plants or whatever, because I have, like, a thousand succulents. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just try to, like, just do things that don't have anything to do with that and just try to remove myself, because if I stay in it, I'll be a mess. I went to UW-Green Bay, but how I got into ESL, it's, it's a bigger story than that it's something that i had interest in but the reason why i'm here and why i'm teaching is something else completely this whole thing started back in 2012 i always had this idea of studying abroad when i was a kid I always 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 loved the idea of one being able to speak another language like i remember thinking this when i was like nine ten years old like oh, i want to learn another language i always liked the idea of just going to live somewhere else and the opportunity was presented for me to do that when i was at uw green bay go phoenix (laughs) and yeah so i just i'm gonna say my third year college i no that was my second year i decided to study abroad because it was a lifelong dream and i had three choices i originally wanted to go to spain because i was like okay yeah, this is cool like europe it'd be so different, far away. I'll be able to go to like other countries too, maybe visit Italy, France. I have family in Germany, so I thought maybe I'd get to see them. But my parents looked at the price tag and they were like, you are not going to Spain. We are not paying for that. <laughs> that is too much money. So then uh, my a second option was Puerto Rico. And I thought like, okay, well, you know, the Caribbean, it'd be really nice. It's part of the United States. So I won't have to worry about like maybe any type of immigration situations or money differences. But a lot of my Spanish teachers were like, Dale, do not go to Puerto Rico. I was like, why? They're Like, well, the official language is English. So you're not really going to practice the way that you need to. There's a lot of smaller towns in Puerto Rico where they only speak Spanish, but you'll always be able to find someone that speaks English. You'll be able to fall back on it. You won't get the practice that you need. So I was like, all right, well, I guess that's out. And I went to the study abroad office to ask like, okay, so what are some other Spanish speaking countries? Like what are some other options that I could go to? Because at that time I was studying Spanish for like nine or eight years at that point, through from middle school through high school up to through college. And there was this guy sitting at the front desk, his name was Enrique. And he was like, Oh, well, you know, I'm from Merida and it's so beautiful. And we have the exchange program there. There's a beach really close. People only speak Spanish. The cost of living is really cheap. Basically, he sold me on going to Mexico because I was like so just intrigued with his description of how beautiful this place was. And he was absolutely right. If you ever want to go to Mexico, I highly suggest going to Merida. Very, very beautiful. It's in the Yucatan Peninsula, very beautiful place. And the food is delicious. It's really warm outside. It's just, it's a great place to be. That's one of my favorite places on the planet. I went to Merida to study abroad and it was there that I met my fiance. So I started dating someone, went back to the United States after three or four months or so. We kind of didn't really stop dating, so we were long distance. And then in 2018, I decided to move here to be with him. And I kind of needed a job and something to do. And I did not really want to continue what I was doing in the United States. I just had some kind of like desk job and it didn't really inspire me, didn't really make me happy. It was just something to pay the bills, you know. I always had this idea in the back of my head, like, okay, if I decide to move to be with him, I need to figure something out. And It just kept coming up, like teach English, teach English, teach English, teach English. I had friends that had done it. So I have another friend that lives in Taiwan, and he told me about this program in Madison called Wesley, Wisconsin English Second Language Institute, a very great place to go if anybody's interested in getting their ESL certification. But he mentioned it to me like five or six years ago, like a long time ago. And I just thought like, okay, if I do this, I can go there. Get my English certification and then move. And that's literally what happened. I'm kind of in a transition point. So I used to teach mostly adults. My first job here was at a company and I had a great time teaching there because I had coworkers from all over the world. So some of my coworkers from Germany, England, and somebody that was from Ukraine, China, Korea, Japan. Pretty sure there was somebody from Portugal as well. In Italy, we would be assigned classes and sometimes they would be at the school, but mostly they would send us to a company to teach. So a lot of times I would go and teach at a company. That was normally either really early in the morning or like later on at night. So I would be teaching from like seven o'clock in the morning until eight some days. And then some days I would be teaching from like 4 30 to like maybe at the very latest, at the latest was like 10. But that didn't happen very often. I only had about one class that went until 10. Mostly I finished around like eight. But during the middle of the day, I usually be like just wide open. So I just be at my house um, preparing lessons, cooking, reading. It's a pretty like laid back life, but it was just kind of difficult because I had a lot of groups to keep up with. But I recently left that company and now I will be teaching at a private school. So I'm going to be an eighth grade English teacher starting Monday, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so It'll be a big change, but I do love teaching. I love it so much. I feel like I am doing what I was put on this planet to do. Like, it makes me so happy. It's really interesting to see how different the government has handled the situation here because we had like the quarantine start around March. Basically, they closed the schools and non-essential businesses. And if you went out, you had to be wearing a mask. You don't really see like Mexicans complaining about wearing masks because that's something that they typically do whenever they're sick. So anytime somebody gets a cold or the flu or like any type of respiratory infection, because it's really common to get like infections as opposed to like a virus here they always wear a mask just to protect other people. So when it came time to wear masks for quarantine, it was just like, all right, cool. Well, I guess this is what we got to do. When you go into a store, you always have to use gel. You always have to like wipe your feet or sometimes they'll send you straight to the bathroom to like wash your hands a while back, it was only like, you could only have one person per family enter a store, but they recently started opening things up because a lot of people like had to open their businesses to survive, otherwise they wouldn't exist. So there's a lot of people that have lost their housing. Where I live, there's like a lot of houses that are up for rent or up for sale because a lot of our neighbors just cannot keep up with their expenses. And a lot of businesses as well. There's a lot of businesses that don't exist anymore because it was just too much and they did not get any monetary aid from the government. So even though in the United States, PIFA only got $1,200 for this entire thing in Mexico, they got nothing whatsoever. You actually hear a lot of people saying like, oh, you know, it's so great that the American government did that for their citizens because our government didn't really do anything. They just closed things down. Companies were firing people. For example, the company that I worked for, they decided that they were going to have us all go from full-time to part-time. And then they just started like firing people. But the way they did it was like really unethical because they were trying to prevent their losses. But they actually ended up really burning a lot of bridges with people that really cared about the school. And that happened with a lot of countries, or a lot of companies, a lot of companies. So a lot of people got fired. A lot of people started um, cooking out of their houses and just selling things. So I've like quite a few friends that have started selling some of their like family recipes, which is always pretty popular down here anyways. But economically, people have been struggling. But they're still very, how would I describe it? Happy, I want to say. This is the the spirit here in the air. It's just like people are usually pretty like happy-go-lucky. They're just positive like really positive. So you can hear somebody saying like, oh, you know, this is really like, it's terrible. It's awful. But you know, I'm here. I'm alive. I have my family. The circumstances are at the best, but we're going to figure this out together. So yes, that's one thing I would say like about Mexican people. They definitely have like a really positive attitude about even some of the worst circumstances. I would probably say my best friend, my soulmate, a person who really understands me and respects me. Oh, my God, I'm blushing. I hope he is a listener. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I would say, like, one of the best things that has ever happened to me and just somebody that always pushes me to be my best and always just encourages me and, like, really believes in me. Everything that I could want in a partner, everything that I ask God for in a partner. Yeah, I would say the best advice that I've gotten is that, it, like I said, it isn't always about you. It's not always about you. And not to take things too personally. When I was a kid, I took like everything personally, everything, something like somebody said or did or everything that happened. And that didn't really stop until I was like 20 years old and I started seeing like a therapist. And even my therapist would say like, you got to stop taking things so seriously and stop taking other people's crap as yours because it's not yours to own. It's not yours to take responsibility for. You can only be responsible for yourself. And again, even as a teacher, I constantly have to remind myself of that because I may have a student that like is so smart and that is so capable, but does not apply himself. And it's just like, you cannot be responsible for that person. You're giving them all the tools that they need to succeed, but like they have to put the work in themselves and it's not for you to beg them to do it. And that's even in, like, interpersonal relationships as well. Only be responsible for yourself. And if somebody wants to show up, they will do it. Uh, My favorite thing about Milwaukee. Milwaukee is really diverse. There's so many people from all over the place there. I think I, like, really realized that going to King. Yeah, go Generals. (laughs) There were so many people that were, like, so diverse, so many different religions, so many different... Sexualities and so many different races and ethnicities. I wish Milwaukee could be more like what my high school experience was, where you just had people from all over the place coming together, talking to each other, sharing things, building like a lot of bonds with each other. And I'm not saying that that doesn't exist, but it's so segregated. I feel like Milwaukee does not get the work that it deserves from its officials. And that could be speaking to like a lot of different things. This is actually kind of hard for me to talk about right now because of everything that's happening in Kenosha. And while that isn't in Milwaukee, it's really close. And just seeing that news from here really, it really like disturbed me a lot because it reflects so much of what is happening in that part of the country. And just being from there is, you want better for the city than what is given. And it could be like the next best thing. Because even like, I didn't actually hate living in Milwaukee. I think that. If I had not moved, I wouldn't have like disliked living there per se i I probably would have ended up leaving eventually, but if my fiance was like, "Yeah, okay, you know, if you want to move back to Milwaukee, okay, let's go. I'd probably do it. I'd probably go, stay there. I'd probably leave after a couple of years because, like I said, I just like to move around a little bit, but I didn't hate Milwaukee. I just kind of feel like there are more opportunities outside of Milwaukee, and it pains me to say that because milwaukee could be so much more than what it is my favorite thing about Queretaro, is hot all the time it's like summertime here all the time <laughs> so i never really have to worry about driving in the wintertime. i never really have to deal with the cold although i do miss like cold christmases um i love the weather the food oh my god like the food is delicious The first time I came to Mexico, which was another part of the country, I was, like, 20 pounds heavier when I went back. And, like, the same thing happened when I came down here. Like, I eat so much down here because everything is so good. There's a lot of, like, plants and, like, flora that I've never seen before. I've gotten to try, like, a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables and stuff that I have never heard of. The people here are really friendly. As I mentioned, they're usually really positive. And... They're usually just really curious because there are not a lot of black people down here. Um, I would say that's one thing that I don't like because sometimes I can't even do like the simplest thing without people like staring at me or asking me like weird questions. But I also recognize that it's because I'm different and people are just curious. People here in general are pretty friendly. I very rarely get a lot of like ignorant questions or like people treating me poorly. I love the historic downtown. Um. If you ever visit Mexico, I would highly recommend going to an actual city where people live, not a resort. Resorts are nice, but it's kind of like going to Six Flags and then saying you went to Chicago. It's not the real thing. Try to see if you can go to a city where people live and then go find the historic downtown because there are buildings that are older than the United States Constitution. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of like amazing architecture and colors and just so many beautiful things and then there's like food and like just so many people out in the streets. Um, I would say one of my favorite places to be in the city of Queretaro is La Alameda. So it's like this big central park and it's full of like a lot of trees and animals and it's so like green and there's like a lot of shade. There's people walking around with their families And it's like this urban oasis. You're in the middle of this like desert city, and then there's like a lot of like greenery and lushness. It's just it's a beautiful place. So there's just so many like nice places to go to, where you can just soak up the the scenery and just yeah, really surround yourself in some history. That is like a really interesting thing to do. One of my favorite songs is probably um yo no sé mañana uh, Luis Enrique very very beautiful song um I love salsa music I love to dance I love to just have it like playing in my house while I'm cleaning up or just walking down the street or driving or whatever but it's like a really beautiful song because he's like saying how he can't make any promises today because he doesn't know what tomorrow is going to bring and sometimes I kind of have to see life that way but it also has, like, a lot of, like, positive memories for me. The first time I heard that song was when I studied abroad, and I was, with my, I was with my roommate. He was from Brazil, and, like, we went to a karaoke bar, and that was, like, one of my first nights out. And somebody sang this song, and everybody got up and started dancing, and it was so fun. And this reminds me a lot of my, like, relationship with Spanish, my relationship with my fiancé. Because for a long time, I was like, I mean, we can't make no promises. We were just two people that, like, really liked each other. And we're like, okay, we just go see where this goes and what happens. And now we live together and we are hopefully going to get married next year. Hopefully, (laughs) depending on how all of this is going to play out. Because the pandemic has definitely put a halt on things. But yeah, it's just a, like a positive song. It just brings back like a lot of good memories. I even have like positive memories of this song in Milwaukee, like going to like a salsa dance club and dancing to the song. Whenever I hear it, it just makes me want to dance. I would want to be remembered for making a positive impact on people's lives, especially as a as like a language teacher. I'm giving somebody the tool to be able to travel to be able to maybe get a job or to like meet a lot of different people. And I hope that I continue to do that. And if I don't make a positive impact on someone being respected, honestly, I hope that I am respected because not everybody has to like me. Not everybody has to remember me fondly, but at least just respecting me as a person, as a teacher in general. Right now I'm getting ready to start my first school year at like an official school, a regular September to May school. So that's what's obviously next. My wedding hopefully has been really difficult trying to plan through all of this, but I've been able to have like a really positive year. So I hope that the next year will be positive in spite of what's going on in the world. Like personally, this year has been great to me. So I just hope that That positivity will continue in whatever future plans I make. I could see myself maybe opening up my own English school. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I could definitely imagine myself doing it. I already have a lot of inspiration. So who knows, maybe in a few years or so, I might just be a business owner as well as an English teacher. I'm just going to prepare myself for the worst and pray and hope for the best. When I was a kid, I always loved the idea of being able to speak Spanish, of being able to talk to somebody in a different language. When I got the opportunity to learn Spanish back in middle school, I took it. And initially they put me in a French class. I don't know why because that's not what I signed up for, but they put me in the class. I took one class. I was like, "Nope, I want to learn Spanish." And I stuck with it from age like 11 up until 22. So my degree is actually I double major in communication and in Spanish. So I graduated college speaking Spanish. And my relationship it really only exists because I speak Spanish. I met my fiance in Spanish and every day we speak Spanish. While he does speak English, this thing that I have with this person that I like love so much would not exist if I don't if I didn't speak Spanish. Um, I would say like my entire lifestyle now is fruition.